Welcome, welcome, welcome to Technically Speaking on the DTCX Exceptional E-Commerce Channel. I am joined by the one and only Val Geisler from Clavio. She heads up customer advocacy there, and we're going to talk a little bit about what customer advocacy means because of the same strategies she's employing over at Clavio. You can probably employ with your brand to activate your customers, keep them happy, make your marketing more efficient. And then we're going to talk a little bit about making your marketing more efficient now in the first half of the year so that going through the second half, you're not scrambling come Black Friday. All of your automations are set up. You can sit back and hopefully relax or at least not have to deal with too, too many headaches next holiday season. Val, welcome to the DTCX Technically Speaking podcast. Thanks for inviting me, Lucas. Oh, my pleasure. There's probably no one else that I'd, I'd rather have on the show. So always an honor. I know that we've chatted a couple times, so it's always nice to chat with someone again. And when we chatted last time, I think you were still on your own. So it was over a year ago because you've been with Clavio for, for a year now. You just celebrated that yeah. that milestone. And like I said in the intro, you lead customer advocacy at Clavio. Prior to joining the team, I think when we chatted, you were an email consultant for a B2B and B2C brands. And I think that generally speaking, you're kind of regarded as the the undisputed champion of email efficacy and just keeping things working and being efficient and working the way that they should in the way that you want. Well, those are big shoes to fill, but I will, um, I will try. Yeah, I, I've been at Clavio for about a year now. And it feels like like every job that you love or everything that you love doing, it feels like one month and 100 years at the same time. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think customer advocacy is, is was an interesting thing to kind of step into. And when I think back on it, I actually was doing customer advocacy before. I always thought about email as like the Trojan horse of what I was doing for brands. So I worked with mm -hmm. a lot of SaaS companies and kind of early on and then made this transition to more DTC e-commerce brands, starting with mostly subscription-based brands because they recognized that a lot of the things that work for SaaS actually translate over to subscription e-commerce, but then also some non-subscription brands. They all wanted to work with me and my team for email services. We need our welcome flow revamped, or we need these things done in our Klaviyo account. And I, I always felt like you can't possibly know if emails are going to be successful if you don't know who your customers are. Mm -hmm. So we did a lot of very foundational, let's go talk to your customers, do customer interviews, do surveys of different segments of your customers, and then use all of that qualitative data to turn into email copy, decide on cadence of flows, because the number one answer in email marketing to any question anybody asks is, it depends. It depends mm -hmm. on your audience. It depends on who your customers are. People ask, like, how many emails should be in my post-purchase flow? And how long should that go for? Well, it depends. It depends on so many factors. And you don't really know what those are until you talk to your customers. No. So, I was always doing that anyways uh, in my consulting business. So if you worked with me on email, then you got a little bit extra. And the opportunity to come to Clavio and do customer advocacy for Clavio 
the the piece that I really loved, which was like, that's the interesting stuff, talking to the customers, understanding who they are, why they chose your product is, the problems they're trying to solve, all those different things. That's the fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Plugging flows into Klaviyo and, you know, making, setting emails live. That's fun and interesting. And I like seeing the data perform, especially once you've done all the interviews. But for me, it was never like the good stuff. The good stuff was always in talking to the customers. And so when I had this opportunity after I got to know some people at Clavio over the years, I just decided like this made a ton of sense to come focus here. Mm-hmm. No, I think that's that's amazing. I think it was uh, just such a match match made in heaven. I know that you've driven a lot for for the community. So so thank you for for all of that. And I think that I, I want to go off script a little bit here and just say just ask what's been the most interesting thing that you've you've learned in the last year since talking to probably hundreds or thousands of of customers if you, especially if you include reviews that you've read email feedback you've probably reviewed a ton of data and learned a lot from from talking to customers what would you say the most interesting thing or something that comes to mind is yeah, I've talked to, at least in my time at Clavio, hundreds of customers and looked at so many accounts. And I feel like I've mentioned, at least on Twitter and definitely in conversations I have with some of our agency partners, is that it's actually not the big brands that are doing the cool things. So everyone says, I want to have emails like Glossier, I want to run a business like Equinox. These are all the brands that everyone wants to be like. And not saying that like across the board, it's not, you know, we can't make a blanket statement for everyone. But by and large, it's the the like medium to smaller size brands that are doing really cool things with their with their marketing from like an omni-channel perspective from thinking about their integrations with other tech platforms the way that they use data and personalize it's so interesting to see these small brands doing really cool things when a lot of people say like oh they want to emulate larger brands or they look to these larger brands for inspiration and i keep saying like no mm-hmm. please look at these other brands look at these small brands that are are dtc are just getting started are kind of movers and shakers in that space those are the brands to emulate because they're the ones that are doing things the right way because they have to. They don't mm-hmm. have the name cachet. They don't have the brand dollars. They don't have the giant team. Um, so they have to make their their money and their time work for them. And things like integrations between different pieces of technology, personalization, data pulling in, in and out of communications, connecting, having all of your emails and SMS in one place, like all of those things are just leveraging time and money all the time. And that's what the small brands have to do. It's either like do all of those things and save yourself a ton of time and money or kind of beat your head against the wall doing the standard or or less than. But I had this suspicion and it's definitely been confirmed over the last year that it's like, look to the the small to medium sized guys. They're the ones doing cool things. It's almost like that ad from the 80s or 90s of Avis when they were number two and they said, we have to try harder. If you're Glossier and you've got email lists that are tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands long, you know that whenever that goes out pretty predictably, what will what will happen? You don't need to really work that hard to do it because and it's different challenges too. If you've got if you're sending out a, to a hundred thousand people or a million people and you're doing a drop, that list might take 20 minutes to process. So by the time that people even get that email, the product sold out. Those are the problems that they're trying to solve on the technical side, not get people to come and buy it. Yeah. 
Yeah. And it's like, obviously, yeah, scalable problems, right? Like everyone has problems. They're just different at different sizes. And the other piece of that puzzle is like you send an email to a million people, you send an email to a hundred thousand people and the amount of conversion you need from that email is so much lower than Mm -hmm. if you send an email to 10,000 people or Mm 5,000 people. Right. Like yeah. you, you just need a larger number of them to convert. And the way to convert is to connect and people connect through personalization, through feeling like they are seen and heard and tech can help you do that. That's what I love about all the, all the opportunities in SaaS tech and in like e-commerce SaaS is mm-hmm. the ability to make it about your customer. And you can certainly make it about your brand and how do I sell more product? How do I make more revenue? How do I get the ROI on this? And you can start try to tackle that problem from a brand perspective. But if you, the, the like fast path and an actually easier path is to tackle it from a customer perspective, because mm-hmm. the, the question you're trying to answer, how do I get more ROI out of this through your customers? Your customers are the ones that are going to be paying for your product, selling you out, you know, your latest drop. And, and that revenue is going to pay for your Clavio account or Gorgeous account or whatever it is, right? It's, it's, uh, it's thinking from the customer's perspective as versus the brand's perspective. And that's so true. And it's just thinking about calls to action. It could be shop now, buy now, or my favorite call to action from, from Billy Mays in, in the infomercials, here's how to order. Mm. It's, hey, if you want this, but, but I don't know how to do it. I, I don't know. Do I go in stores? Oh, all you have to do is call. And then it demystifies it of, hey, here's how to order. And especially with, with COVID and, and supply chains, people don't always know how, how long it'll take to get their product. They know that the big box store might have it, but maybe they're worried about your, your supply chain and your inventory levels. And instead of a discount, all you need to do is bust that objection of, don't worry, your product will be here by the end of the month. If you're selling barbecue gear for 4th of July, like say Chubby is selling some, some shorts for, for their drop. Let them know that, hey, order now to receive your product by the time that you want it, because that could be what's holding back people from from ordering. Yeah. And it's also just that like thinking through your customer's perspective, if you have and I, I never really know, even as a consumer, when I see brands in like Target or a big box store where I or, you know, Whole Foods or wherever I can, mm-hmm. I know I can order directly from the brand. But I also am like, oh, well, they need to sell the product in these retailers Mm -hmm. in order to maintain the account. So I'm always very torn as like somebody who knows the operators of these smaller brands. And I'm also a consumer of them. Do I pick it up while I'm at the grocery store or do I order directly from the brand? So if someone can let me know, that would be really great. Like what's better for you as a brand? I'm sure, again, it varies. I think like paint the picture for them. If you know that your audience is busy parents who are constantly running kids around, juggling work and helping their kids with homework and making dinner and all those things, the you know, this is like the butcher box benefit, mm-hmm. the benefit of having healthy, clean meats and now lots of other products too delivered to your doorstep frozen ready for you to stick in your freezer put in your fridge and defrost ready for dinner tonight versus having to make a trip across town maybe pack your kids in the car with you go into the nice organic grocery store where you're gonna have to fight the crowds and if you have one um, close to you 
If you have one close to you. Yeah. So you can paint that picture of like, oh, no, definitely I'll just order from you and have that box delivered to my doorstep versus doing all those steps or, you know, even just taking the time out of your Saturday to go across town to the organic grocer versus you know whatever you wanted to get done at home. So one of many examples of like kind of thinking from your customer's perspective, but that's so important when you think about how you message to your audience and, and what matters most to them. And you can't mm-hmm. get that unless you talk to them. No. And it's, it's even then people look at me I mean, I'm wearing a cat's deli shirt. I, I consume a lot of meat at, at one time. I like to go to the, the grocery store or, or go right to the source and, and source my meat because it's a hobby. It's, it's a passion. I'm not the average customer. Most people don't like that. It could be as simple as oh, I'm just tired of chicken and I want to try a different cut of beef. How should I, how mm-hmm. should I cut it? And then tying it in like that. So I think that we've yep. covered uh, a few things on, on what you could be doing in, in the first half is really understanding your customers. How do they act? What, what are they doing? What are they saying? Are they leaving positive reviews? Can you get more, more reviews? What, what does that relationship look like with your customers as we, what else should brands be doing for, for the second or for the first half of the year? Yeah. So we're halfway through the first half. And I always think like, even when I was, when I was running my agency and, and definitely still, as I talk to agency owners, everybody says, I wish brands would start thinking about Black Friday in April <laughs> or preferably immediately after I'll do a postmortem, start planning yeah. for next year. So you're, you're good. If you're listening to this, like right when it comes out and you're ready to go, that's great. The, the plan for Black Friday, Cyber Monday, and, and holiday in general should be, how do I build the audience now and nurture that audience now so that their first experience of our brand is not seven emails in five days? I think that we all expect that around the holiday season. We expect an influx of emails. And I mean, even my family members who are not marketers have that expectation. And I've also noticed a pattern again, with my family members who are not marketers, where they will sign up for an email list around the holidays because they want the discount, they buy the product for a a gift, and they immediately unsubscribe. Mm -hmm. Um, And so then you've lost that customer for good, either because of a volume that they didn't want, a lack of personalization in their messaging, lots of things. So, So segmenting personalization can help with a lot of that. Mm -hmm. And they also had no relationship with the brand prior to that experience. They just signed up for the email because they wanted the discount on what was already a discounted product. And so they, their experience of, and their connection to the brand is very different than somebody who signs up earlier in the year, gets a, a, a nice nurture experience from you, has a few opportunities throughout the year to build relationship with you, whether that's hey, we operate this community forum, or we have a join us on our social channels, or I've seen brands do like live shopping events and all kinds of things. There's all kinds of ways to engage your customers. Building that list now, that relationship now, so that in the fall, in the winter, they aren't running away when you send seven emails in five days. And and so they want it. So they're looking at your emails over... I don't know. I don't want to name a brand in case or customer, but but Wayfair comes to mind, sending a lot of emails, a lot of emojis. I'm sure it works. But if you're competing against that, doing the exact same thing, going back to what we said earlier, you can't copy Wayfair and expect to beat them at their own game. They just, it won't work. You have to. And they have the volume. 
right? Like that's that yeah. thing of they have the hundred that I don't actually don't know how many people are on their email list, but I imagine it's quite large and they have the volume where an unsubscribe doesn't hurt them. But I imagine that, and, and this is true for most Clavio customers, a, a handful of unsubscribes, a couple hundred unsubscribes can really impact your business. And I think, so there's, there's a lot of opportunities, right? One is focusing on growing your list now, build that list, build that nurture relationship, set up flows that connect with your customers, that educate them, think about opportunities to connect with them throughout the year. And even going back to the, the butcher box example, it could be as simple as Michelin star plating and just a couple pictures in the email that say, this is what you're doing wrong. These two tools will help you take your plating to the next level. Or Absolutely. Like yeah. One of my thighs. one of my favorite brands of my supplements that I use, they send recipes all the time. Like here's some different ways that you can instead of just like mixing this protein shake with water or milk, here's some other options that you can do with it. And that keeps it interesting. And it also helps, again, build relationship. It's an opportunity for them to say, hey, we partnered with this nutritionist who wrote this recipe, or I as the brand owner have been playing around in the kitchen and I tried this with my kids and they really like it. So try it with yours and tell us what you think. Those are all opportunities to engage with your customers. Yeah, or tell a funny story to avoid a negative review of something like, hey, don't mix your protein powder with orange juice. You might think yeah. chocolate orange is delicious. It's worse than brushing your teeth. Just don't yeah. do some, some pro tips, some of those things yeah. that are like, you know, the things that you read that you're like, oh, somebody got sued over that. Like, don't put this, <laughs> don't put this don't over your head or like with your, with parts of your body kind of thing. Don't, uh, don't eat the silica pouch that comes in. The do not eat pouch. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the other thing that I wanted to say, though, about what you can do for the rest of this year is not just build those relationships early on, build the list, but also make sure that the back end is set up to support this fall. Right. So mm -hmm. you have lots of time and you can even like grab a calendar, um, map out like each look at each month. What's a thing you can do each month that leading up to the fall that you know is going to be an impact uh, on the fall or on the holiday season, right? So you have now until like November to figure this out. Most brands start cramming everything into the month of November. I need to, uh, so things like setting up your, an, one, an option to opt out of Black Friday emails. I push mm -hmm. this every year and the brands that do it have great success. Well, going back to what you said of losing 200 email subscribers, if those were people who subscribe to your products as well, that's significant revenue that you're yeah. losing because you just said, "Hey, don't worry, you're already getting the best deal. Click here and we we won't send we won't spam you." Yeah, just that's right. That's right. Or uh, offering the option of, "Hey, we, as we all know, everyone gets lots of emails over this holiday period. If you would like less emails, we can send you one once a week. We can send mm -hmm. you like a little weekly recap email, or we can send you none during Black Friday, Cyber Monday. If you just want that Thanksgiving weekend off, then do that. And then we'll see you in December. So you can offer options like a preference center. So you can go set up a preference center in Clavio and then offer some, create some camp while well, you've set up a flow, probably two or three emails where in the month of November, you're offering them the option to opt out. And then you also want to think about segmenting. So if you're not already doing segmenting, stop, like, well, finish listening to okay. us. No, just hit on. pause. Hit you can the actually subscribe. stop listening to us. Go hit the subscribe button. 
then come back. Just but there then it is. Run. There, yeah. Don't just, walk. Just wide. go ahead. Pause this episode. Go set up some segments in your Clavio account. I always like to set up so like your VIPs, the people who buy mm-hmm. from you all the time, who really don't need a reason to buy. So maybe you have subscribers, maybe you don't, but you ha- you know who those customers are. Mm-hmm. Put them in a group. Send them special messaging over the holidays. Again, like you said, you already are getting the best deals. You're our VIP, so we're going to give you the better deal um, mm-hmm. or early access or whatever it is. So you have VIPs. You have your customers who purchase from you once and haven't p- purchased from you again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now's a great I... time to go to get that second purchase because once somebody purchases from a brand one or two times, you're then you really have that relationship. So when you do send that Black Friday email the average order just tends to skyrocket. It won't happen yeah. all the time, but I did a big d- data dive in my store and I found the biggest indicator of uh, profitability per customer was if they would order three times because then they would go on subscription or they would just order it like by the case. So we ended up just, our lead gen was quick little quiz funnel. Hey, you know what? You get two bags for free. Just pay the shipping. You're still getting a hell of a deal because it was the cheapest way to sample. And yeah and get get the treats to various dog owners and then they'd come back buy a mix pack try everything try a little bit more and then come back for the the big sale to go on subscription and our black friday was all hey do a subscription for the next year and that was the the funnel the whole year led up to to that q4 yeah and you can set that up specifically for those you know one or two time purchasers to get to that third purchase to become that subscription messaging over like the summer which then feeds into a special offer for Black Friday for subscribers. Mm-hmm. So exactly. there's that group. The other group you might want to look at is people who purchased last year during your holiday season. So Black Friday, maybe all the way through December and have not purchased since then. It is likely that they bought that as a gift. If they have not purchased, have not engaged with your emails since the holiday season, maybe they bought it for themselves because they wanted the discount, but it that's still a gift to yourself. So you can start to create some messaging. You can ask people questions using buttons in your emails or inline links that they can click where you can actually ask them, invite them to segment themselves. Did you buy this as a gift last year? Would you like to hear about our gift opportunities this year? Um, You know, like asking those kinds of questions now um, Mm -hmm. allows you to segment further on down the line. And just be way more profitable as well to offset yeah. some increased shipping the cost around the holiday. If you know that a lot of people buy for gifts, add a gift wrap option for 10 bucks more or whatever the cost is. A gift wrap is usually a pretty profitable add-on. It's a, it's a bag and some tissue paper. Yep. And gifts happen more than just at the holiday season. So you now have identified a gift giver and mm-hmm. and depending on your product, you can identify other holidays throughout the year where they might be giving a gift. So there, there are other opportunities to message around gifting if you know big, big who gifting your gift holidays purchasers were. Yeah, Another I think the last up. segment that I would encourage everyone to set up is to separate out your your customers and your non customers. Feel like most people kind of naturally do this, but there might be some brands who are, don't have this set up. So people who are subscribed to your email list but have never purchased from you, and then the people who have bought. So that's a kind mm-hmm. of like baseline segmentation. And if you don't have that set up, definitely do that today. And you have an opportunity to send different messaging, to do more education, to invite them to ask the founder sessions. Like you have so many opportunities to engage with your customers. You can do it in a community that's already established. You can do it in like I've seen brands do kind of open office 
ask the founder questions sessions through like a Zoom webinar. It, you know, the, especially when you're small, you have so many opportunities to engage and talk to your customers and understand who they are. And um, but you have to start with that, like start with the at the tech level and then go to the human level. How can mm-hmm. we identify people at the tech level? Well, you can through their purchases, through their frequency, things like that. Their average order other value. Indicators. Do, have they opened a support ticket? Have they left a yes. review? Was it positive, negative? Do they do they open up a lot of support tickets? Do they open before they buy? There's all kinds of data that you can get to to see. It, which is another thing of do we want more customers like this? If it's a customer who maybe asks a couple of questions and then leaves a five star review. Versus someone who's always hassling your support team and leaves a two-star review or a four-star review saying, yeah, the product was nice. Thanks for yeah. the four-star review. Thank you for bringing my average down. Yeah. the uh, <laughs> I always call those customers vampires because they just suck the life out of your company. And mm-hmm. it's like, you don't need to go chasing vampires. Like, I don't... Vampire hunters, I guess. But no, most people do not go chasing down vampires and you don't need to either. But, oh, I give this talk where I talk about vampires, ghosts, and zombies. And so ghosts are the customers who bought ones from you and never again. Those are, that's an opportunity to engage. And then zombies are the customers who had, had purchased from you for a while. So maybe they had a subscription or they've purchased from you three or four times and have that kind of frequency. And then they just disappear finding ways to re-engage each of those groups, leave vampires alone, approach ghosts and zombies separately because they have different needs and they should have different messaging. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they absolutely should. And even for different frequencies. And yeah. it's you get all that data at your your fingertips, which I think has been a theme for Clavio for the last few months and probably longer, is that zero-party data that you own because you can analyze that better than than anyone, even just by by looking at it and browsing what what do you see? What are the trends? Talking to your your customer support team, which is the last thing that we have on, is talking about the Gorgeous integration. Mm. Gorgeous presents the, the DDCX community, which we've both been a part of. What do you think are some of the, the best ways for, for marketers to tap into that customer success data or customer support data, depending on how you like to call it? Yeah, I actually loved what you uh, brought up about kind of marrying purchase frequency alongside the data about tickets that have been sent or the the either the frequency or types of tickets that have been maybe they're just asking for certain t- types of product. We want like somebody who says, here's all these different color shirts I want or mm-hmm. um, different types of product that they want. That's a different kind of ticket than somebody who's like, asking where their order is the second after they purchase, who is harassing your support team. (laughs) But you can get all of that through all of your gorgeous data in Klaviyo. It can help you set up the right segments so that you are sending the right kind of positive messages to people who want particular products. And that's actually a huge opportunity if you do launch a product to go back to those customers who made that specific request, create that tag in Gorgeous, get that Mm -hmm. data into Klaviyo, go back to those customers when you launch the new product and you can send custom messaging to them that says, hey, you asked for this and so we made it. And that little sentence makes all the difference. My supplement company, their Propello Life is the name. They do this wonderful thing There's one word in their frequent purchaser email that makes a huge difference. So post-purchase, they have a thank you for purchasing with us. 
I think most brands do. When you buy from them a second or third or fourth time, they say thank you for buying with us again. And that one little word acknowledges your personal customer journey and your experience with that brand. And it makes a huge difference in how customers perceive your brand. I'm sure we could spend another 30 minutes on, on the psychology of it, but it, yeah. at the very least, it lets, it lets your customers know that you've you've taken some time to put a little bit of effort into things. And if you're going to put that effort into your, your second uh, order email, you're probably taking care of the quality of the ingredients in the product, which are going into my, the customer's body. Yeah. Yeah. And so all that gorgeous data, all the data from all of your different integrations can come into one place, can create that personalized messaging. So utilizing some of the segments we've talked about and then adding in those data points of requested certain products or (laughs) these are customers like if you have a tag of like customers we don't want to have anymore and you can uh, exclude them from future messaging where you're inviting people to come back and try the brand again you obviously don't want to bog your support team down with customers who just drain them so don't go chasing vampires (laughs) or waterfalls no No, absolutely not but make sure you chase fell on twitter twitter.com slash love Val Geisler. You can find Val pretty much everywhere where Clavio is. Just ask for her by name. I'm sorry, Val. I'm sending the vampires your way. <laughs> no. if, you're, if, if you're not a vampire, come see me or join us in the DTCX community. We both gave talks at DTCX3 a couple of weeks ago. Make sure you stay tuned for the next event. Subscribe and all that jazz. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Lucas. Always, always a pleasure. Hey, hope you enjoyed this technically speaking video part of Exceptional E-Commerce. There's a few other videos here, here, maybe here, here. I don't know how they set it up. So go click them, watch something, learn something new, maybe prevent a lesson and make sure you hit the subscribe button.